0: You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 41.
1: Rush out on an uptown train, doors open.
0: As she walks in, she's soaking. Caught in the rain, her skin shines crystalline. This is the Give Me Five podcast, where each week we discuss a bunch of stuff that we use to numb the drudgery of our daily lives. Those can be things like movies, TV, books, straight-to-disc DC animated anime films, or whatever. I'm Gristle McHardbody, with my co-host Greg and Rob. <laughs> yeah. We are Five Guys. No. We're not Five Guys. No,
2: we're not Five Next Guys.
0: Three. We are the Give Me Five podcast. We
2: would be way more delicious. Wait, no, that's not right either.
0: No, that's pretty accurate. This week, we will be discussing very briefly uh, the Dark Knight's Metal soundtrack, which I just became aware of, and I'm mostly curious to know about it, and I'll let our, our resident comic expert, Greg, talk about it a little bit. Sweet. I get to be a nerd on the podcast. Batman Ninja...
1: You already are a nerd on the podcast. Sweet, point. I get to be a nerd <laughs> on the podcast again. I say double nerd. And the new horror film, Hereditary. I get to wet myself in a movie theater. Again? Again. again. Look, the Smurfs movie was scary. Mm. Three it was, times.
2: especially when you reached over and started grabbing me. I was very concerned.
1: No, you were not. <laughs> You're right, I liked it. We're ruining Jimmy's beautiful opening. I don't believe I just said that out loud.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> oh, um, and the rails are gone.
1: Let me say that again. We are ruining Jimmy's beautiful introduction. I apologize. Continue.
0: Oh, well, thanks, but I think it's Rob's turn. Oh
1: uh, No, you didn't mention
2: E3, did you?
0: We are going to discuss that next week, because E3, as of this recording, is not over yet.
2: I guess I should have read the parentheses.
0: Always read the parentheses.
2: Always read the parentheses. Out loud? No. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know by now, this is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid any... Yeah. Most likely. We'll try to avoid any major twists, so if you don't know that martial arts anime movies are bat crap crazy or that Greg dresses as a ninja and stalks his cat, then you might want to pause and come back later. That's totally true, by the way. I've seen him do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, normally, this is the part where I talk about how you guys can get in touch with us. But this time, I'm going to change things up a little and talk a little bit about the world of podcasts. Uh, there was a thing that came out earlier this week or last week. It said there are 250,000 active podcasts on iTunes. That is a quarter of a million people uploading stuff every week. Um, thank you. Jerry. And you guys chose to listen to us. So first of all, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. And you know, we, I, we saw a lot more reviews pop on, up on our podcast this week and it really helped because we also at the same time as the reviews popped up, we saw a lot more growth in listenership. So whereas we usually we will still give you some of the contact information, but I just want to thank our listeners very much. And it, uh, it, it makes us feel good. Yeah. Thank and you. Um, so, yeah, if you want to contact us, you can always find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. Remember, five is always spelled out F I V E. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at Give Me Five Pod or email us, givemefivepodcast at gmail.com. And as we said before, the reviews really help. I saw a bunch come up. So thank you very much yet again. Yes. Thank you. And uh, if you'd like a beautiful, give me five podcast t-shirt underwear, or I believe there's a laundry bag, even mm. or a bath mat. Uh, you can get that at give me five podcast. You can Man, put your gotta... dirty
2: laundry inside us.
1: Wait, what? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you can,
0: uh, I've got a new apartment to decorate and it's going to look awesome. It's going to give, it's going to look give me five podcast. Rific. So I said, I had a surprise and while we're on the subject, uh thank you guys so much for choosing to spend, you know, an hour and a half with us. We really, really appreciate it. Or and, so. And, I, <clears throat> or so. <laughs> and <clears throat> I wanted to thank our friend Kerwin for again writing in. Uh he's he's become Greg's nemesis. <laughs> Damn you, Kerwin. But this is no correction. This is in addition to the conversation that we had uh for the episode that was released last week. Uh, Kerwin writes and says that for his discontinued foods that we discussed, uh, chocolate peanut butter rice krispies treats oh, okay. are oh. something that he misses. Strong and man. also – They got rid of those?
1: What, are we living in communist Russia?
0: Well, no. there's, a, there's a bright side to this. Uh, okay. And peanut butter Twix. Uh, so, what, those are gone? No. Okay. This – this is the the reason, uh, because of our conversation, he checked out on Amazon and realized that they are still available. So he said, thank you so much for that. And a little, uh, a few additions to our sidekick movie ideas. Um, Kerwin says definitely Domino. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I, I would like to see that. She was great
2: for a movie. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. For her own movie. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, She's got a pretty useful superpower, he says. So, uh, Asala from both Indiana Jones Raiders of the Last Ark and The Last Crusade. Okay. As, as a no or a yes? As a yes. Okay. Uh, Inigo Montoya. It's <laughs> <laughs> been 20 years. I've been starting to lose confidence. So I'll actually post this. Uh, our, our friend doesn't have Facebook. So I'll, I'll actually post his explanations for these on the Facebook page, but his uh, last con- uh, contribution to Sidekicks that should have their own movies. Mad Mardigan from Willow. Nice. Yeah, I thought that was a fantastic one. So thank you so much. I'm going to post these on the Facebook page so everybody can read your explanations. Thanks a lot, man. And if you guys want to contribute to the conversation, you know, shoot us a line.
1: I could totally see a Domino movie being like, I don't know if you guys, either you guys saw Run Lola Run, where it's basically just a straight up chase movie the entire time. No. No. I could, it was a very cool like German movie I believe. it, it Came out like That star um um oh why well, can't I, Uh what's
2: her name from uh, Fifth Element? Wasn't that her? I don't think so. No. I, I can see the the image in, in No, it's the uh, Yeah, the,
1: it, she it looked like her. She had the red hair and all that, but uh-huh. it was it was uh-huh. uh, uh Franca Potente. Oh, so. Never mind. But, yeah, the whole movie is just one big chase. Like, something happens, she starts running, and that's basically her escaping the whole time. And I think the movie's actually in real time as well. I might be wrong about that one.
2: Mila Joomimich uh, was the name so I, I was I, looking for, by the way.
1: There you go. Yeah, I might be wrong about that one. So you can you – no know, emails this time, Kerwin. But I can see that for, like, a the Domino movie. Like, some sort of chase thing where just all sorts of luck things happen to get from one point to another. I think that'd be kind of a fun – way of doing it that would be pretty.
2: <laughs> oh awesome. that would be it t- why why does that remind me of um final destination yeah like that j- but in, just action in movie, reverse awesome. just in reverse yeah. final destination in reverse
1: man that's yeah. a cool idea yeah we're gonna write that so <laughs> don't steal <laughs> no that yeah no one will be hearing this episode apparently
2: give me five podcasts writing movies and bringing them and their favorite snack treats together
0: <laughs> all right guys so what's new with you uh, I guess so. can I, can I go first? Sure. I think yeah. I'll,
2: I'll go first. Hell no, you can't go first. Wait, oh, go
1: well, um, I got to see the play Rent, the musical Rent over the weekend
2: mm-hmm.
1: and oh. I'm not a big musical person, uh, as we know. Oh, come on. But with your ABBA. <laughs> Possibly. You, you got, had a strong, uh, showing with, with Solo, but we'll see what happens.
0: Thank you. But anyway, I'm I not see, proud of it. What but...
1: in. what's, what's interesting about that is like certain things, you see them so much, like the poster, people talk about them, or you see the soundtrack or whatever, that it reaches this level of like like an epic level where you're like, okay, this has to be great because everyone talks about it. And I thought it was okay. Like, part of it is I'm not really a musical person. Part of it is a lot of the problems we see are early 90s problems in that particular movie or show. Okay. Um, and like, there's a lot of decisions there that, for example, um, one of the characters leaves his very wealthy, well to do wife and lifestyle to hook up with a, uh, AIDS infected stripper. And oh. I, I like, sure. I, I don't feel bad for you if you make very poor decisions. And okay. I get that there's a lot to the story beyond that, but I thought it was okay, but. Maybe I, the twenty years in between that coming out and now jaded me from the actual message.
2: Well, I was, I was, I was worried that you were going to say, "I don't like musicals," but this one was absolutely fantastic. This is, this is what all musicals should be. Because I was going to have to slap you because I didn't, <laughs> I did not like Rent at all. I've seen Rent, and I it, swing and a miss. Uh, I just, I couldn't get behind it.
1: Like it, it was over. And I didn't know it was over. And I'm a very big fan of open-ended stuff that lets you sit there for a second and think.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And that was over. I had to turn to my wife and be like, well, wait, what? Just, what? What?" She was like, shut up, Craig." <laughs> no, no, she was, you know, she's good about discussing things. She doesn't have, you know, I don't have to like everything she likes. And she doesn't have to like everything I like, except for Pearl Jam. Which she does <laughs> have to like. <laughs> which, my, ironically, Python. she doesn't like. No, she actually does like Monty Python. Right. She she also likes the um the Dresden Files books as she is burning through them.
2: Nice. Yeah. Didn't Didn't you tell me that she quoted Monty Python on your first date?
1: Uh, She quoted Monty Python on the very first phone call I ever made when I asked her on our first date.
2: Oh. Wow. Dude, you better never walk away from her because she'll be mine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have nowhere to go from that. So let's let's uh, (laughs) uh, talk about. uh, Can we? We'll talk about Halloween Horror Nights. Ooh, is there more information? I found a map online. The person said it's a map of, it looks a lot like the maps that you see in the, the flyer or the, you know, the thingy that you get when you go in. And it looks pretty legit. And it shows that there's a haunted house for poltergeist that's going to be, um, in there uh, on this, at least. I don't know if this is true. I don't know who the person is that posted it, but I found it. Uh, there's supposed to be a poltergeist haunted house that's in that back left uh haunted house the one that um you enter near the store or like where the 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 little like
2: the the, signboard you walk under
1: memorabilia stories is Is that what you're talking about yeah like that that particular entrance uh there's that there's supposed to be an original haunted house called oz Ooh, which immediately brings to mind the todd McFarlane uh wicked or wonderful world of oz toys that they did where everything was like Completely messed up. I don't know if you ever saw those. Mm-mm. Yes. Uh, the stranger thing house, it looks like that is going to be in the, the queue that is in front of the, the big stage at the rock and roller coaster, or whatever yeah, they call I, it.
2: I figured it was, I figured it was either going to be there or the one that's right in front of the minions.
1: Yeah. Because uh, those that are, one, are usually where they put the big houses. Yeah. That one is not listed yet. Um, trick or treat looks like there's going to be one of those. And, um, let's see supposed to be uh, the funny house this year. There's Oh, there's also going to be 10 houses this year as opposed to nine, which they normally do. Or eight, oh, right? Um, there's going to be... the One of the funny houses is a B-movie mashup where it's all going to be like cheesy B-movies. Like fake ones. Okay. I, I think okay. that might... In idea-wise, that's kind of my favorite.
2: That, uh, that, gonna be a, that could be my favorite house.
1: <laughs> yeah. There theoretically could be a scare zone called Killer Clowns. Well, not called, but from Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the old movie. Uh, there is definitely a scare zone in the New York area called Vamp 85, which is uh, 1980s-style vampires, basically nice. the next few years later of uh, what they did with the 1950s-style vampires. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it is set on New Year's Eve in the streets of New York. Nice. Uh, there so will be a... a
0: lot of a, mullets.
1: Yes. There will be a Chucky scare zone in San Francisco. Ugh. Um, but, uh, Rob, uh, do you have anything handy you can break? Do you? What? Anything? No. Why? Um, I think that Bill and Ted is being replaced by an Academy of Villains show. Ugh. Terrible,
2: which, terrible decision. It is yeah. not. It is not the same thing as as um, satirical entertainment. And that exactly. was that was one of the things that I loved about Bill and Ted. Um, and and equal you know. opportunity offensiveness. And I don't. And when we when we walk out and somebody asks us for our input, I will stop and I will tell them that they should have never gotten rid of Bill and Ted. My mm-hmm. opinion won't matter because Bill and Ted has has uh I guess it's it it either got too complicated or too much of a headache for them to deal with. Um people are so sensitive nowadays. Um and I, I honestly believe that a lot of it was probably licensing.
1: I think it was worried about complaints and bad press even though Really? I mean well, I was talking to someone at the 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 restaurant at Disney, the one where they the ketchup one, uh shoot, I always forget the name of it. The Wilderness Lodge, like barbecue one. Okay. And they no longer do the all the like messing with the guests. So if you in, in that restaurant, of course if you guys asked for ketchup, which I think we talked about on here before. The waitress would get the entire table to scream, "I need some ketchup!" And then whoever has all of the ketchup would have to deliver it. And then they would mess with you. They would they would treat you like a southern mom, or you know, yell at you to get your elbows off the table. They would um, put you in jail, like a little wooden jail, if you did stuff. They would take the kids and like make them like hop around on like wooden horses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they stopped doing it, and they said because one person complained. Yeah,
2: that's also why they changed my favorite ride. Which one is that? Uh, pirates.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
2: The new pirates
1: ride is so. Uh,
2: I I hate the new scene because the, the... pirates, pirates being pirates apparently is offensive, but they're freaking pirates. Get over it. Um, I've I've just got a small little blurb. Um, I I don't have a whole lot on it, so I wasn't going to do a whole clip on it. But um, for those who don't know, a new Marvel show has started up called Cloak and Dagger. Um, the the I sh- really want to see that. Well, I mean, there's only two episodes out right now, which is one of the reasons why I don't have too much on it. I've seen both the episodes and we're two episodes in and they're just discovering their powers. I mean, like the, the whole introduction was a big old flashback to them like meeting his kids and then them meeting now in high school and, you know, where their lives have gone and how they got there. And now they're getting powers. And I mean, if it's going to be an entire season, of them discovering how to use their powers, I'm going to be like, oh, oh come on! Um, I hope they, I hope they shorten that discovery trip up a little bit and uh, pair them up because I, I've, I've always
1: been interested in the characters Cloak and Dagger. I don't really know a ton about them. I was always interested in them when they showed up in other comics like Power Pack or mm-hmm. X Men or New Mutants or something like that, but I've never saw their own stuff. I am completely indifferent. <laughs> Strong work, Jimmy. Thank you. Since you're full of strong words, Jimmy,
0: what do you got? Just real briefly, because I know we're going to discuss it. Um, finally, a trailer has come out for The Predator, Shane Black's, you know, new Predator movie. Mm-hmm. Finally, I'm excited about it. Oh, okay. The first trailer was just like, here's a bunch of characters that are probably going to die anyway. So I didn't really care. But we see a glimpse of a 10-foot-tall Predator fighting – a predator in this one. So there's some speculation that maybe the predator teams up with the humans to fight this like super predator. They're relying very, very heavily on practical effects. And uh, I I read a, a quote that said they're only using uh VFX or CG when absolutely necessary because it's just not practical anymore to, you know, blow up a house or anything. But As far as the suits are concerned and everything, they look badass. They look CG because they look so awesome. Um, So check out trailer number two for The Predator from Shane Black. Yeah, wasn't.
1: you told me to watch the trailer and I checked it out. And the first mm -hmm. part of it when it was doing all the fast cuts, just like quickly introducing people with little taglines. I was like, okay. Eh." And then they got into the Predator stuff and, of course, the 10-foot Predator in them. Yeah, my eyebrows like, oh.
0: same here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So can't wait for that. We'll definitely be talking about it. So, yeah, that's what I got.
1: Guys, we are usually just happy-go-lucky, goofy, fun time, you know, podcast. We don't like to get in too deep into too much other than like, you know, if Porgs are good or not. Or, you know, is Michael Myers cool in the new Halloween trailer? That kind of stuff. But uh, there were two very high profile uh, suicides over the past couple weeks um, since we recorded last. Uh, Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, and you know Anthony Bourdain. I watch this show occasionally, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I part of knowing Jimmy as well as I do. Other than working with him, uh, we went on a, a pretty long car trip to a concert up in Atlanta, and we listened to Anthony Bourdain's book. Yep, uh, Restaurant Confidential.
0: Kitchen Confidential.
1: Sorry, the Kitchen Confidential, Um, which, you know, it opens up your mind. It's actually – I did not know this until very recently that he was not famous until he wrote that book. Um, Hmm. He wrote a single article in uh, in a New Yorker magazine or something. And Hmm. then anyway, um, and that skyrocketed him. And, you know, if you look at his life and you look at his TV show, he seemed like he had it all. You know, he was traveling all over the place, eating food, meeting cool people. Uh, He was liked by everyone, you know, his, the most recent episodes, he was in deep red West Virginia talking to people and, uh, you know, also he was in, what was the other episode, uh, you know, Uruguay hanging out with people. So thought he had everything and, you know, Kate Spade kind of the same thing, purse designer and thought he not thought she was cool and had everything. Well, she is cool, but thought she had everything and You know, both of them had depression that was hidden. So, that being said, there is a, we're going to do the same thing a lot of other people did. And if you are feeling down, feeling any problems, um, of course, you can always reach out to the suicide hotline, 1 800 273 8255. There are people there to help. Um, If you're interested in Anthony Bourdain, um, I did happen to listen to the WTF podcast uh, from like 2011. Mm-hmm. He, he posted the uh the episode and it's a very interesting listen and i'll say that it definitely reveals you know how good of a person he was and you know, there's times he, one of the things i thought was interesting was he was talking about where he wants to go but can't because of the government and wtf is a podcast by mark maron he's a uh not comedian so of course he makes stupid jokes whatever he's not, like yeah you wouldn't want to mark go to maron, the wrestler no no mark maron the guy that uh, is in uh, Glow, the guy that uh, plays like the, the director or whatever in Glow. And he's also the head of the WTF podcast. But anyway, he um, he's talking to him and he uh, he's makes a joke about like, oh yeah, you can't go to Iran or some of these other places because you don't want to do a- an episode where you're a hostage. And Anthony Bourdain's like, well, no, not it's not that. I'm not so much worried about my own life. I just don't want to support these corrupt governments. I was like, wow, he's a good dude. And it made me like instantly sad that he's not with us anymore mm-hmm. so
0: yeah and, and while i'm not as familiar with kate spade's work um as i am with anthony bourdain you know that car trip that we had and we we kind of bonded over kitchen confidential um so you know having been a, a very big fan of that if you guys read the book or i mean anthony bourdain does the the you know, narration for the audiobook, which is absolutely fantastic. He was a hell of a writer, hell of a storyteller. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. And, you know, that one, that one hurts. Mm-hmm.
1: So our condolences to both of their families. Uh, and again, suicide hotline, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. 273 8255 Um, they're there to help and Cause to suicide is people. never
2: the answer, guys. Talk exactly. to someone.
1: It's, yeah. Okay, so we're going to get back to our being stupid and goofy now um, with Snap Decisions. I actually have one.
2: Okay, so I want to know what you guys think or if you've even heard anything about it. What do you think okay. of iHob?
0: All right, I can tackle this one real quick. Go for it. Because this is a, a subject very close to home for me. Um, I am not a big sweets person uh going to reveal another thing about myself uh pancakes kind of freak me out so <laughs> it's a thing it uh, i'm i'm not proud of it but it's true like
1: episode of some show on like like the history channel or something or like discovery channel where they like put you in a room with a pancake and you run away screaming or just like nah, i don't really want any
0: they're like they're like microwaved wet sponges
1: And now you've ruined pancakes for me and all of our listeners. Thank
0: you. Like just picture biting into a dirty soapy sponge. And that's what I feel. I I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing, but very strong opinion on IHOP. I think it's brilliant marketing. It's not going to stay IHOP forever, but it is IHOP saying that, Hey, we have more than just breakfast. We have more than just pancakes. And every time I go, I I go with my girlfriend. We go actually quite frequently. I get the burger every time their burgers are good. So I'm for it. I have burgers, man. They're good. So thumbs up for me. Cool.
1: And I, I guess I can do something too real quick. Um, Uh Yeah. I also think it's, uh, I think it's brilliant marketing as long as the uh, burgers are good, which Jimmy is saying they are. So
0: yeah, they are absolutely.
1: You'd be surprised. First of all, we're talking about it on a entertainment podcast. Second of all, I would say at least twenty or thirty of my Facebook people have talked about it. Other restaurants have responded. It's the last time anyone has really mentioned IHOP, other than oh, there's an IHOP, let's just go there, or what's open at this time? That's just good IHOP. It really, it's the first time that people are talking about it. So it is going to change back, obviously soon. It's just you know a one time, it's a quick thing, to get people talking. So I think it's working. Scatters um, talking, yeah. But it what also. Do you think, did Chris? Leave- Leave them open for other burger restaurants to be like, yeah, well, we're still gonna be better than you. So, I'm intrigued though. I want to see if they're good. I
2: my my opinion on it was
1: if if they're not planning on
2: leaving it IHOP, then it's fine because it's it's generating the interest that they want. It's got people talking about them. That's great. If this is a if this is a a legit attempt at a permanent rebrand, I think they completely miss the mark. the The burger market is already oversaturated, and there's plenty of places that do it far better than IHOP. Um, and in fact, a lot of those places don't require that you go in, sit down, and order. So mm-hmm. I, I I think that they're low man on the totem pole in the burger market. I think it's fine if you are just trying to remind people that hey, we have stuff other than breakfast. But I think if they're trying to change up their game and get into the more lunch menu or the or the or the burger, you know, the burger market, I, I think they're going to be disappointed.
0: I used to get IHOP to go all the time. It's called in <laughs> I'll cook it for you. You can go pick it up.
1: He's just upset that they didn't call it I Rob. I am <laughs> the the International House of Rob. All right, so I that way, don't. That would be that would be I wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Till next. That time. was snap decisions, as promised a couple episodes ago. Uh, I said we were going to talk about Batman Ninja Ninja, which is, which is a story. It was uh, released uh, about a month ago. About 85 minutes long, uh, straight-to-DVD, animated, beautifully animated. And we also spoke briefly about Batman Gotham by Gaslight in both Batman Ninja and Bathum, Batman Pathman. Batman! <laughs> That's Bathman. a
2: totally different superhero.
1: Totally different superhero. Um, Wait, did you say also, Batman? Also, I did say Batman. <laughs> also straight-to-DVD, but different. It's kind of like an Elseworlds story, and for the old school comic nerds, Elseworlds was a thing that DC did, where it was their their heroes with a slight change to it. So it could be a time period change, like Batman versus uh, the Jack the Ripper and Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, there was what if Superman landed in Russia instead of America? It was a Batman it, Red or sorry, Superman Red, Red Sun, Sun. Yeah, really good. So good. And it, you know, made Russia instantly a massive superpower. Um, they DC recently has dropped the Elseworlds line, which is stupid because it let it let people run wild with their creations without having to create like a whole other like universe to say, oh, well, this is just another universe out there.
2: Yeah, but DC um, does a lot of stupid stuff. So uh,
1: recently in their comics line, they've been pretty good, but um, I don't know why they get rid of the Elseworlds thing. But the Batman Ninja thing, uh, very cool. And I will say thank you to Jimmy. I've said it to him in person, but I don't think I would have liked it as much if I didn't watch Ninja Scroll for his birthday.
0: That really? makes my heart smile. Nice.
1: Because I had forgotten. I had forgotten the, the craziness of martial arts style, like anime movies, you know, the, the ridiculous weapons, the, you know, jumping, oh, and, there was and and some jumping on top ones. of uh, bamboo and stuff like that, you know, like, oh yeah, I love that scene. So, um, it, I have to do this part. I've I've been talking a little much, but I have to do this part because of the fact that I ruin all of the names. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> here we go. So here we go. Get ready. Uh, it is directed by Junpei Mizuzaki and screenwriter Kazuki Nakashima. Characters are designed by Takashi ok- Okazaki, who did the character designs for Afro Samurai, which I saw a little bit of. After I saw that name, I looked him up, and he some very cool, very cool character designs. And it basically features all of the Batman characters that you know and love and all the villains that you know and love but they were warped back in time to 16th century feudal japan Mm -hmm. and i actually went on a little bit of a a wikipedia bender and Uh went through and you started learning about 16th century feudal japan and the artwork and stuff like that and i it really was it was very cool you know i thought first of all i'm just gonna go ahead and say it was no pun intended it was batshit crazy yep
2: Nice.
1: But in a good
0: way. Jimmy, what'd you think? So I I think you're absolutely right. Um mm-hmm. there was a point where I was like, Man, are they are you serious? You got like houses turning into robots and I I, I mean it got crazy. But let's look, it's it's three D for the most part.
2: Does this really say a giant samurai made out of armored monkeys?
1: Yes. It does say a giant Samurai Man of Armored Monkeys, but you're you're ruining it. We're building to that, Rob. <laughs> Don't read ahead.
0: Um, so character design-wise, guys, if if you haven't seen it, but if you're a fan of, say, the uh, the latest Street Fighter games, mm-hmm. uh, if yeah. you're a fan of those graphics, you'll like the graphics in this. Um, I, I couldn't help but to think while I was watching this movie that, man, I would play the hell out of this game. Oh, that'd be awesome. That, that would... Uh, I love the Arkham series, uh, with the exception, with the exception of Origins, because it actually wasn't done by Rocksteady. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think, man, if, if Rocksteady took this story and ran with it, it would make the perfect setup for a game. It was, it was a fun story. It, it, you know, it was like watching somebody play, play a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you keep that in mind while you're watching it, then you're, you're good. Don't, don't expect, it. I mean, this thing's not going to win any, you know, dramatic awards or anything. Yeah, but there's so much fun.
1: Koto Bukia, he's a oh yeah,
0: good friend of mine.
1: He well, he, if you know what he does, he designs statues, <laughs> and you've probably seen if you're a nerd, you've seen his work. Uh, he did the all the samurai Star Wars characters like Star, samurai Boba Fett and Darth Vader and stuff like that. Okay, and he did a lot of um, anime inspired Batman stuff, and while he didn't directly design the characters, this very well could just be a movie starring those characters because those characters are just statues and there's no real storyline behind it. But, um, they do a lot of cool stuff with the art styles, like to show different territories and different time periods. And like, there's times when like, all of a sudden the story will go and be like watercolors.
0: Yes. Hmm.
1: When they're telling a past scene or there's, there was a short period of time when it looked like, and this is another thing I looked up the, um, Yukio, which is a, uh, like a 17th and 19th century woodblock prints. It's those, the, the Japanese style where you see the like waves with like all the like little tiny waves breaking off and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the sky has like a pattern in it and stuff like that. And I was watching it and watching it and I didn't even realize it had changed. And then I looked at the background of the sky and it was like tan, like a, uh, like a uh, canvas or a, yeah. a scroll or something. And they had like all these like kind of sky patterns and like the clouds were like drawn in as if they were woodblock prints. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and I was so fascinated by looking at the artwork that I actually like ended up missing that part and had to kind of like yep. jump back a, a chapter.
0: I did that during the, one of the very watercolor, um, stories about the farmers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, I was, like, I've watched well, it three times. So I, was like, Wait, I actually what? watched it again today.
0: Nice. Um, I wanted to, but I actually, like, I let my girlfriend borrow it and her and her sister really enjoyed it. So. I totally got lost in that in that part. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wait, what? Uh, why is he ha- Oh. So yeah. hey, it was just beautiful." <laughs> mhm.
1: Now, Rob, you yes. you had a question about a giant samurai made out of armored monkeys. I
2: did. Does that actually say a giant samurai made out of armored monkeys?
1: Yeah, that is <laughs> not a typo. It's not a typo. It nice. Oh, man, it was great. <laughs> so the individual um characters they get warped from Gotham back to feudal Japan. And the the story doesn't really matter, which sounds bad, but it's kind of a good thing. And it's Gorilla Grodd. He wants, basically, to go back to a long time ago and to basically take over and change the course of history so it's all gorillas instead of people.
0: Okay. I am not familiar at all with that villain. He is. So um, it took me a minute. He's
1: actually a Flash villain. Yeah. Okay. So, he's almost
2: like a brainiac.
1: Yeah. he's He was a Uh, basically a monkey I think he was tested on and he got basically mind control powers and he's super ridiculously smart and he's like he just wants the earth to be all monkeys and well all animals and no humans basically usually he doesn't do time travel though usually he just basically wants to kind of have his own colony like somewhere and leave me alone but anyway um so when they get there all the various characters kind of have divided Japan up into individual um I forget the the term, the real world term, but individual sections and um, were the feudal lords. That's what they are. They all become the feudal lords. Yeah, and uh, each of their daimyo. temples. Daimyo, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And each of their temples are, is our... Go are, ahead. ...can turn into giant robots <laughs> out of nowhere. Oh, that was so weird. So not only did they only were they only there for about two years at most and Batman kind of shows up and is immediately run into by people that have been taken over by the Joker. So Batman, they all disappear at the same time, but they all show up in different time periods. They did a lot of work, because not only are there themed robot temple things, transformer things, there's also, like, giant boats. And eventually, Gorilla Grodd uh, gives the heroes this uh, whistle that allow them to control his army of monkeys, oh. who they're wearing, um, like, the the bamboo armor and they can form together almost like an Ant-Man and make a giant samurai. Like when I say giant, I mean like as tall as the Eiffel tower giant. And whenever someone launches a missile with a giant Joker face on it at them, they can separate and then come back together. And it somehow it makes it, this movie makes it completely normal. Wow. I,
0: uh, I don't know if it makes it completely normal, but <laughs> nobody bats an eye in the movie is, is I guess, Nobody's like, why the hell is that temple sprouting robotic arms and legs and attacking the other? It I was like, what? It was so much fun, though. It, mm-hmm. you know, it 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 wasn't so much fun because it was bad. It was just so much fun because, like I said, it was like watching a really fun video game. Mm-hmm. They had the they Creative. would each. Inch- they yeah they would introduce the new feudal lords or you know uh two-face or penguin or you know ivy um and of course the joker but they'd say oh you know he's got this section and they would show this badass like turntable statue thing that had all these different elements of their personality worked into it and when like a new bane showed up mhm Right, that no, was great. And he shows up, and it's kind of like a next boss kind of thing, and it kind of mm-hmm. pauses on him, and then writes his name out. They did the same with like Mecha Batman at some point. And it was just so over the top, and huh. and it, it was I love I
1: like, Bane's, uh, Bane's appearance, except for the fact that the thing that was happening when he appeared had to have happened for thirty minutes before they finally get to the next part. It's like a cliffhanger kind of thing. Yeah, but. It was totally worth it, though. Mm -hmm. Bane as a uh, a sumo guy was freaking
2: awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was like E-Honda. Yeah, totally. For the next fight. Wow. Bane Bane speaks fluent (laughs) Japanese and has already learned the art of of sumo? Okay. I guess if I'm believing the giant robots, I can believe uh, that. That E-Honda Bane? Yeah, yeah. So... Guys, uh I think that's really what we got for Batman Ninja. Well, it was really fun.
0: Yeah. I. It. you should. And I, I just man, I, I thought it was so funny that um it, of all the names for the the voices for the English version of Batman Ninja, um Tony Hale stuck out to me. Yeah. And Tony Hale actually plays Buster Bluth on Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. And he did a pretty good job. Those are really, really big shoes to fill, uh, with Mark Hamill doing as great of a job as he's done with the Joker. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's good. So, uh, if, you wanna, it if you
1: guys want to check it out, I'm going to post a link to it in the mm-hmm. in the podcast notes. Um, and of course, which you didn't mention before, but if you were to purchase that movie through this link, um, yeah, you know, that would give us a little bit of money to uh, you know, keep the servers running. So. <laughs> We will now continue. I think to uh, what? What do you think, guys? What, what should we? What should we cover next?
0: Let's. I think we're going to talk about hereditary uh, quite okay. a bit. But okay. how about? I just want to know real quick. I've professed my love for Guillermo del Toro so many times on this show, and I don't think that I've mentioned um, my other boyfriend, Chino Marino, <laughs> as much as you I should have. Crosses album. Just saying. Oh, yeah, or Palms or Team Sleep or they've apparently got like seven tracks written for the new Deftones album, which wow. blows my mind because he is just creatively one of my favorite people. Um, but I bring this up because I think it's relevant to what we just talked about and the, uh, the, the comic book vein here. Um, sorry, I, was on that YouTube loop, you know the before you go to bed kind yeah. of thing, and it, it it popped up a suggested video from.
1: Do you like start watching a movie trailer on something, and by the end of the night, you've you've watched eight videos about serial killers. Oh
0: man, I <laughs> I, I shit. There's a a movie about Sting the wrestler. It's called Sting: Moment of Truth. Ooh. Holy crap! It's so bad. I ended up watching that last night. That's a bad bad <laughs> meaning bad, not bad meaning good. Really, really bad. Right, it's like his whole like come to Jesus thing. Oh. Ugh. But anyway, um, <laughs> it popped up a, a suggestion for the from the Dark Knights Metal soundtrack. I'm like, what? From Chino Marino. And it's amazing. It's called Brief Exchange, and it's inspired by the Dark Knight's Metal. Uh book or series that i was completely unaware of so i wanted to ask you as somebody who is such a huge fan of chino and that he would be inspired by this comic book what the hell is it okay i don't know too much about it
1: although i did read the first two issues um dark knights metal was a company-wide uh crossover type comic that was written by scott snyder who just finished up a wonderful run on Batman mm-hmm. and it was drawn by Greg Capullo, who was the artist on that run of Batman, but also very well known from spawn. He yes. Spawn yeah. from uh, Todd McFarlane.
0: And you've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. And what I
1: know about it is that basically Batman discovers like a dark version of the multiverse, which is, you know, the DC universe, but the, the, all the different ways that could have gone. You know like I was just talking about before, so it's kind of fitting. So there's some that you know in some of the multiverses, maybe Bruce Wayne was killed and his dad became Batman, or maybe in some of them, you know, the all of the Justice League are villains and stuff like that. So or or maybe he's yeah. He was really <laughs> scared of taking baths when he was a kid. Exactly, and, and now he wears he goes around giving baths to villains. Oh, that. <laughs>
2: That that takes on a whole new meaning when he's fighting Poison Ivy or Harley Quinn or
1: oh. or Killer Croc, perhaps. Ooh, anyway, <laughs> or, or Samurai or uh, Sumo Bane. But anyway, um, so he, he discovers basically Batman discovers this dark, dark multiverse, and it's connected through this like mysterious metal, and it's metals that you've heard about like throughout the DC universe. I don't know, I don't remember all of them, but and while investigating what was going on here, he ends up releasing. Uh, the evil versions of Batman.
0: There's like seven
1: out. of them, right? Yeah, there's seven of them from mm-hmm. Into Our Universe. Um, I I read the first two. I actually b- bought the first one because the cover has all of the heroes and they're lined up on the cover to make it look like a, a heavy metal fist, like a, you know the horns. So I, mm-hmm. I couldn't really pass that up. I thought it looked pretty badass.
0: You know who started that?
1: Uh, well, it was not Gene Simmons, like you'd like you to believe. It was Mister no. Ronnie James Dio.
0: Ronnie James Dio.
1: Yeah. Holy Diver. Yes.
0: Cool. Well, thanks. You know, I just wanted to. I was about to
1: drop a rainbow in the dark, but I realized that me trying to find that (laughs) Ronnie James DM screen would only embarrass myself. Um, Um, Check it out. Yeah. You know, the only thing that that I think Dark Knight's Metal does and a lot of comics do is -hmm. this like predestined thing that they'll do sometimes like Spider-Man did it where it's like they showed that there was a spider cult that has been around forever and there's always a Spider-Man and it's stupid. Like Mm -hmm. it completely and like, you know, this person was predestined to get bitten by a spider. And takes away their, their, you know, it takes away what makes them special. Like they're oh, yeah. you you have to be a Spider Man because you're, you know, there was someone else like that, and it kind of does it like with Batman and all those two. Like a lot of these stories do, where they'll they'll have like oh, there's a a Bat God that mm. you know that knew that Bruce Wayne was ready and revealed himself to make to push Batman over to become Batman. They do that. They've done that in a couple other stories. Spawn. Yeah, and I yeah. Yeah, like there's always been a spawn. There's always been this. I hate that. It's I, it's lazy writing. It's dumb. And it, it
0: ruins the character, I think. I, I think you're right. I think it takes away from and look, I'm all for it. But it's like, wait, there's a there's a new Captain America like or it takes away from how special like Peter Parker is. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, well, there'll they'll just be another one after him that run into
1: something by accident, whether a tragedy or something like that and decide to make themselves better as a part of it. Like Captain America is a little different because they were they, he was made, but yeah, like, oh yeah,
0: true.
1: Um, you know something like a Spider Man where it was an accident, and then of course, right no, after Greg, that,
0: he was chosen. Yeah, no, the but, God, he, but like,
1: oh God, and I'm. Just, they need to stop doing that stuff. If if you can't come up with any better stories than than there no, was a no. hidden totem that made Spider Man throughout the years or something like that, no, just don't do it. Just write new stories. You know, there's so many things you can explore with these characters. Do that. So that's the end of my rant.
0: All right, guys. So we have all three on a, a rare occasion been able to see the new horror film Hereditary. And it might be a little bit difficult to glean from the trailer. At least I thought it was.
2: Um, the trailer but, totally fooled me.
1: Yeah, I, there, I there's thought very it was a dis, very distinct point when you're like, oh, okay, this movie is definitely not going to be about what I think it's about. There's yeah. a
0: – all right, and spoiler warning. So I'm going to give you guys a, a little rundown of this um that I think is relatively spoiler-free. Okay, so, we so, so, here we go. The shit
2: out of this movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you it's, like dude. suspense, horror, drama movies more towards the, the line of suspense and horror, you probably don't want to listen to this. Well, you can listen to or this or if you happen to be married to me, you also probably don't want to listen to this part either. Okay.
2: Or any of this.
1: Yeah, and
0: basically from this point on, you're good. Okay. All right, so I love you, wife. <laughs> after losing her mother, Annie, who's played by Tony Collette, who's absolutely fantastic, um struggles with so I I wrote she struggles with not struggling with the loss of her mother. Because everybody's just kind of like, are, are we supposed to be more upset than we are? Because th- they're estranged. Um, her, her mother for years, uh, had DID or disassociative identity, identity disorder Correct. and dementia. Um so yeah. I mean, they, they were basically completely disconnected from each other. So. You know, um, Annie is actually – and this is, again, from the trailer, so no huge spoilers. Um Annie is really surprised that so many people showed up to her mother's viewing. And she even says that, oh, you know, my mom would be embarrassed. Uh, she was very private. She had her own, quote, rituals. Uh Take that however you want. Uh, but little did she know that her mom was into some weird shit. Weird. She had some really weird friends. Uh, the little girl that you see in the trailers is Charlie. She's played by Millie Shapiro. She feels the effects of the loss, I, I think more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother took care of her. She loved her and she even expresses a concern, you know, at some point early in the film, who's going to take care of me now? And her mom says, well, of course me. And, and she says, and it makes so much more sense when you watch the movie that she says, uh, she, her grandmother wished that Charlie was a boy. Mm-hmm. And that makes so much damn sense after you watch the movie. So from here on out. Oh yeah, that's exactly where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, man, a lot of this I didn't realize until after I saw it, but this is your final warning right here, right now. There are spoilers ahead. Mm-hmm. So. I guess we'll talk about little points
1: throughout the movie and just little things that occurred to us and we'll see what what comes of this but the very first thing I thought as it was going cuz it was very evenly paced it was very interestingly paced and the, the I thought mm-hmm. the all the acting was really good and not easy acting either no was it my reminded me a lot of a ugh, I'm now forgetting the guy's name as usual um Gabriel Byrne no the director that does like the really symmetrical movies um, like Rushmore and stuff like that. Oh, uh, c- crap. No, I don't think that's his name. Uh, Wes Anderson. It's, it reminds me of Anderson. a really dark Wes Anderson film because there were a lot of scenes. Now the mother in this movie, the one that, that didn't die at the very beginning, mm-hmm. throughout, you know, is the kind of kickoff of this whole movie. She makes little miniature sets and little miniature houses. And she's an artist and, She's building basically little scenes of her life and other things. And they film a lot of the movie as if you're looking into a set, which I thought was fascinating. Sometimes they do it on purpose where like the first time the camera pans into the little set and then you see Gabriel Byrne's character talking to the kid. But it looks like you're looking at a cutaway of a room. Very flawless shot. Yeah. But they did it like a couple other times. I noticed they did it at the funeral, at a funeral. Uh, they, where they moved the camera down into the dirt. Um, there was just a bunch of scenes. There was the, um, at the dinner table when they were, when they were talking and it was really, really awkward and there was an argument and stuff. Just, it looked like you were looking in on a miniature. So like, that was one of the things I noticed. And I mean, there was, um, they even did some stuff on some shots looking down on the house and the tree house, which we'll talk about, I'm sure where they did, um, some tilt shifting to the lens, which if you guys don't know what that is. Uh, well, I know you I guys. Uh It's that thing they do where the, where it's a very narrow focus, where it's focused across the middle of the screen, but out of focus on the top and bottom. And it makes things look like it's a miniature. So they do it a lot in commercials yeah. for like insurance and stuff like that. But okay. because when you're looking at a miniature, you have a very narrow focus with your eyes and this lens kind of reenacts that. So a lot of those okay. shots where you see the car the driveway and then the treehouse house in the back and the garage at the house they do that and it just it makes it look like you're looking at a miniature segment of these people's lives and i thought that i thought it was fascinating and beautifully shot
0: yeah it was and uh i don't know what the budget was like on this film but they really tied that in very well i i was expecting to see some kind of hang up in there you know but it it was pretty you know continuous mm-hmm. So very well shot, very even at times like you said. It, it for what it was, it's was a very pretty film. It's set in Utah, which I think is a really beautiful part of the country. 10 million dollars was the budget. That's it. Mm, it's made significantly more than that, hasn't
1: it? 20700000 at this point. Yeah, oh, after one. And I think
0: I don't, I don't know when that was reported, but man, my theater last night was absolutely packed and no hate on Oviedo Regal Cinemas, the air conditioning wasn't working. Ooh. So it was quite damp um, in there. But at certain times in the movie, I was like, oh, okay, people, there's going to be a mass exodus here. People are going to start walking out. I give credit to them. They're, those people were awesome. My theater mates. Nobody left the movie early. Wow. It was just, it was a very fun theater experience. I had an opposite yeah, I'm sorry. So right at the very
1: beginning of the of the movie, I had the trailer for uh, Megalodon or whatever the the giant shark movie is going to be,
0: which I'm actually
1: getting more excited to see.
0: Thank you. I am, too. I am. sleeper hit in the summer. Although
1: I'm not going to see it because of uh, I don't want to help Jimmy make me sing. But so that came oh, out, and there was a guy with I think two girls sitting one row behind me, and he was laughing at everything as if he was over and above those things. Like he was colder than those things. He was very like hipster laughing, like ooh, ooh, like sharp stuff or whatever. And I was like, Oh God, I hope this doesn't happen during the movie. And I was really going to say something and be like, you do the fake laugh for the whole movie. Like are but it was just a trailer. So I decided not to. And then there was the mm-hmm. scene when the kid, the very well acted scene where the, the teenager, I think he's in his room, the brother, and he is crying and he runs and hugs his dad. And yeah. that guy cracked up. And it was total, totally a case of I'm uncomfortable with what's going on here. So I'm going to laugh rather than try to make myself seem cooler than for these
0: two girls. And I was pissed. Like I uh, – uh, during that scene, uh, I know exactly which scene you're talking about. My whole theater laughed. Hmm. So, I didn't. I I I think it was kind of unintentionally funny. There's, yeah, there's just a couple of scenes where where this guy laughed and I was like, there were a couple of scenes. <sighs> it's like
1: maybe it was, mm. it was actually uncomfortable, I, but I don't know. I'm that psycho that laughs at the gore scenes.
0: So you must you must have thought that one scene was absolutely uh. head over heels.
2: Um, or did it? Well, make you can't see? well oh. mm. bad pun. <laughs> But no, the scene I believe you're talking about involving the car mm-hmm. that I didn't. It wasn't like a oh, ha, 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 ha. it was a oh my god kind of
0: yeah,
2: kind of a uh, you know the the oh my god with the little chuckle at the end. The okay, well I guess this movie's not going to be about so, what I thought it was.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, so exactly.
1: We are we are deep into spoiler territory here. Let's just do it. So. The, the little girl, first of all, all right. b- very well played by Millie. Great. uh So good. Because uh, I was tr- Millie Shapiro, who Shapira. was one of the original.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she you was one of the original Matildas um, on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my one of my good friends actually worked on that show. And uh, she didn't get a chance to work with her, but uh, she's like legendary of how good she was at, in that role. Um and I got a chance to go on stage and stuff like that. So I definitely was, she, I actually talked to Jen today about it. I was like, Oh, did you get to do it? work with her? She said, no, but you know, she like people, like everyone lived up to her version of the role. So that just goes to show how good of an actor she is as, and she totally gets the point that she was playing just a creepy little girl. So when, and in the trailer, she's featured like heavily.
0: Yeah. Heavily. Mm-hmm. Heavily. Yeah. So you think it's you like think a she's six situation the
1: with a twist or something like that. And, then about thirty minutes in, uh, does anyone want to d- tell the story, or shall I? Was it?
2: Was it even? Was it yeah, even it was that a long? Bit. She she's got she's got apparently they they mentioned uh, they foreshadow it in the in the <laughs> film that she's got an anaphylactic reaction to peanuts.
0: Yes. Her, and, and go ahead
2: say, her brother takes her to a party. They're making a cake. <laughs>
0: Well, where they're vigorously chopping like seventy-five pounds of walnuts, right, right,
2: and
1: for some reason with a camera,
0: for some slowly reason slowly panning in, and on then it.
2: he's and he's trying to, um he's trying to basically get rid of his little sister because he doesn't want her at the party anyway. But she loves chocolate, and he looks over and he's like, "Look, they've got chocolate cake. Go get the chocolate cake. Guess where the walnuts are? They're in the yeah, freaking the side chocolate of it, cake,
1: and the same knife well, is used to cut
0: it." I. Yeah, it was the. I think it was the same knife was the focus of that.
2: Oh no, I I thought I thought there were actually walnuts in the cake. I thought it was, probably. It, I, it looked like a yeah. German chocolate. I, I, I I thought there was actually walnuts in the cake because that's actually that's actually a cake thing. Let's so, argue about the location um, of the walnuts for the next
1: thirty minutes and then break up the podcast. You son yeah, of a- <laughs>
2: all exactly. right. So so he sends her to get the chocolate cake. Guess what? She has an anaphylactic reaction, and he comes and they don't have an EpiPen. I'm like, seriously? This this is where the yeah. nurse in me is like, are you mm-hmm. effing stupid? Do you carry that EpiPen? If you've got a, a, an allergic reaction like that and know that you can go out somewhere and come in contact with something that you don't necessarily know is there, you carry that freaking pen. Rob
1: comes in contact with nuts every time he All leaves right. his house.
2: <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in my house. but Welcome back, guys. But, um, <laughs> so... So she's having an anaphylactic reaction, and instead of calling 911, he decides he needs to throw her in the car and drive her to the hospital. <sighs> well, she can't breathe. He throws her in the backseat. She can't breathe. She's flailing around in the backseat. He's going, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're almost there. We're almost there. And she, she can't breathe, so she rolls down the window, sticks her head out the window mm-hmm. to try and get some air, right? Well, he sees some roadkill in the road, swerves to avoid it, and guess what? There's a phone pole really close to
0: the side of the road. You know how when you were younger and your parents were like, don't stick your arm out the window. A truck Mm -hmm. will drive by and take it off.
2: My parents. That happened. They always said it on the school bus. (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But uh, I mean, that happened Mm -hmm. with her head and the phone. And there was a
1: little bit of foreshadowing on that telephone pole too, because that they showed that telephone pole with that symbol on it that you see later in the movie as an establishing shot on the way to the party. Yeah. I was like, what is it? Okay. I thought they showed no, that they all showed the on the way back. They I, it on the way I thought it happened afterward. And they showed the symbol on the telephone pole, which I thought, honestly, I thought it was going to be something like a protection symbol or something. I thought that was going to be the twist that like all these symbols and words written on the wall and stuff were like a protection thing, but they kind of pushed things along, I think, mm-hmm. but they showed that. And then of course you had your, she got hit and one, she was making this creepy like sound, which is why I've been doing it all night. And it was in the trailer. It's it, yeah. Everybody did it on the way out of the theater. It was they very it weird. Yeah, like things. standing it in the people wall would hear and it. people are like walking by, just going in a scene like the kid sleeping. You hear like water dripping, and you hear that click sound. But that I think that they use the same sound for her head getting ripped off too. Because um, after that, no, I was too yeah. busy it was, it was saying a, it
0: was more of a thunk. I I my knees immediately went to my chest, yeah, <laughs> and I just said, "Oh shit." <laughs> And that was kind of the reaction and of the really brother who was him. driving, basically gets
1: home mm-hmm. and he's clearly in shock and he just goes to bed. And I thought, he just goes to bed He, just he doesn't go down, to sleep. and you hear the next morning, you hear the mom and dad say, Oh, they're home. Good. You hear him. And ne- oh, oh. they show it's a beautiful scene the next morning where you just, the camera's on him and you hear the mom and mom going to leave. Like, I'll be back in a little bit. And you hear her screaming, Oh God, Oh God. Cause she finds her the headless corpse of her daughter. And also, to to I guess back to what I was saying before, they they do show a clip of the head where it's you know in a field covered in ants. Like, yeah, it's uh, disturbing and not not what I thought. I was like, oh, it also right around that point, I actually had to go to the bathroom, but I didn't want people to think that I was like leaving the movie because of that part, so I just didn't.
0: (laughs) I I I couldn't. I mean, I had to as well. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's two hours and seven minutes, um, but it feels a lot longer than that. Because there are, there's like action things happening. And then a lot of there's a, moments there's where a it's lot like, of setup. yeah, there's a lot of like, okay, this shot of somebody walking apprehensively down the hallway mm-hmm. is like seven minutes long and it's got that like low tension noise, you know, happening. Mm-hmm. So at times it's a very quiet movie. And at times it's just a very unsettling. As if like an orchestra um, from hell is tuning up its instruments. Like, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe Satan's choir, <laughs> Rob's favorite death metal band. Exactly. That doesn't, Someday it will. It won't
1: we'll be like, damn it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did a lot of research after seeing this movie. I was wanted to know about the director and stuff like that. Cause this is his first movie, which might come up later. And they used a lot of, of direct, you're mentioning the sound. They used a lot of directional sound. In this
0: movie, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought at at times with that, I I was like I would look my I would you know jerk my head to the side mm-hmm. and be I like who said that
1: over my right shoulder at
0: one point oh point. I was like, it was seriously the
1: movie. it was the movie
0: was yeah
1: very interesting I yep so someone added naked old people to
0: our list of things to talk about did we talk about the naked old people <laughs> I like? did um and this or was really funny the, oh yeah I saw that scene did you not see that scene. I saw okay. that scene. All right. My girlfriend totally missed it. And I was like, yeah, those naked old people, right? And yeah. she's like, wait, what? Hanging out in the woods. She completely missed it. Yeah, that was... no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're all standing around the house. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, did I imagine should t- I should have totally made him think that he was imagining it. <laughs> he would be completely
1: like, what? Oh, no, God. He'd be nuts until he sees it on video someday. Um, yeah, there's a... Uh, yeah, so He's the... Yeah, there's just naked old people. I guess the um, don't touch that. The, the whole thing with the movie is, I guess, the story what the story leads to is a demon. Yeah, so, so back to the plot.
0: Well, I, well,
2: all right. I I have to be honest. I'm probably gonna need to see it again. Um, as As far as the plot goes, one of the problems I had with the movie, and I, I'll just get this out of the way. One of the problems I had with the movie is. I couldn't decide whether I was watching a psychological horror film or a supernatural mm-hmm. horror film. So I spent most of the movie trying to figure out which one it was as opposed to a family paying, drama paying more to, attention to, to the also uh, very heavily
0: you know, I. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it was all three. Um, it was the, – the trailers lead to you to mm-hmm. believe that it's a psychological – Like a family that was so
1: movie. abused by the uh, – the mean grandma. Okay. So. And now the little
0: girl is exhibiting the same things as the grandma. And they're all unraveling. And then it's like, no wait. There's mm-hmm. a coven of witches involved.
2: Yeah. And and was like, whoa, whoa. And the movie actually has nothing to do with hereditary stuff. Did I you did too. you did you pick that Except up? For it's it was all stuff that they were they they were just trying
1: to set it up and and it was you know and i'm like well there's only why is this th- film called it Hereditary? would be completely completely out of the out of yeah. the film if it wasn't for that one line where she goes where the mom goes to the the therapy group and she talks about her life and she's like well my mom had this and my brother had this and my other brother did this and whatever and they all had like mental illness so it set up the fact that okay maybe it's possible that it's a psychological thriller that the mom is imagining these things or the brother maybe is or something mm-hmm. like that and they feed you those various things, like with the, the brother's dream. Speaking of aunt, mm-hmm and the mother's reaction, and the way the the father's just like, let's let's calm down, everyone, and the father trying to hold everything together. In a in, again, a great acting that Gabriel. Right. Brought.
0: Oh yeah, he's great. Oh, he's um, fantastic.
1: At what point did you realize? Did you finally make a decision, but, Rob? Um...
0: <laughs> Naked old people in the forest.
2: No, it was, honestly, it was probably the scene where it, it probably wasn't until the mother got possessed and tried to kill her son. Like, like the very end of the movie. I'm like, because all because up until that uh. point, I'm still going. Maybe this is still happening in her head. Maybe this isn't really happening because they keep setting it up like this, like the scene where she's where she's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," you know, where and she's covered in in paint thinner or something, and she like goes to strike. Oh, yeah. and then she goes to strike the match, and then there's nothing there, and I'm like, "What the f is going on?" This, <laughs> I'm like, "Is is this going on in her head, or is this like actually happening?" I, and 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 I hate to say this because I liked the movie, but it seems like a a, a cheap way out to say a, instead of trying to explain what's actually happening in the movie, they just create all of these situations where all of this weird shit can happen all at the same time and so that they don't have to explain it. Like, oh, well she's got DID, so that explains it. Or she's got she's got these mental issues, that explains it. We're we're going to focus on the supernatural portion here, but she's also got all this other shit so we don't have to explain all this other stuff. And it's like
1: uh,
2: uh, so that was one of the things I didn't like about the movie. Like I said, I'll I'll have to go rewatch it. Um, I I could go for a rewatch as well. I mean, did, and so. what I and oh, what yeah, I'm, 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 is what I'm saying making any sense?
0: I mean, y- y- it got effing goofy. Yeah, at some point. I mean, well, there was the the one I, that I still really like, there liked was it. a, fo-
1: a mother son conversation where the way they shot it, it, like they were going back and forth, and it looked. I don't know, almost like a music video, the way it was shot when they were, like, talking back and forth. Like, I didn't want to have you. And then the son says something, and then the mother says something, and it was, whoa. Um, right.
2: Yeah, and, I, and then, that's kind of what I said at that scene. too. I turned like, out she that was it woke. was
0: Jeez. weird Yeah, like, it was supposed I to think, be like that. It, well, and then she right, woke up. Right, but that
2: wasn't a real scene,
0: and that's what I'm saying. And that, I think that, no, okay, I know exactly what you're saying now. I think um, the, oh, it was just a dream thing is is cheap. Right. I think that's, that's a cop out. Um, so I, yeah, I agree with you there. It, it just kind of reinforced it, that conversation. As I thought about the film after I got home, made a lot more sense. Did you look up the words um, after I saw it?
2: And, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say Go the, the, the scene, no, no, the no. scene where I was 100% certain that it was a supernatural thriller was the scene where her corpse floated down and then up into the tree house. I'm like, okay, it's a supernatural movie.
0: (laughs) I laughed at that part. I was like, "What the f, dude?" I was like, "All right, so we're alien abduction now." So you're talking about the words um, scratching the wall? They're
1: they're scratching the wall, and then she puts them in the the house, and I think they're the words that that make up uh, the invocation, the the ritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of them is satiny, s a t o n y. which is, so someone did the research on this. Uh, I will give credit. It is uh, signalhorizon.com. Cool. And satiny was found on an angelfire.com website. So um, apparently it was an occult word from 1996. Wow. <laughs> and it's from a text okay. called the Grimorium Verum. Mm. And it's very available, available on Amazon. Um, But it is a necromancy where it is part of the ritual of necromancy. Um, oh. and The next word which actually made me eat my lunch there, which is Zaza? Zaza's. Yeah. Which is, I totally cool. ate at Zaza afterwards, uh, which is a delicious Cuban restaurant. Um, I want to go. Zaza's. Um, I still miss the place that was there before. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. With little sandwiches. Yeah.
0: hundred Montadudos. Yeah. Anyway.
1: So um, right now. that one's, uh, ri- it's found etched into a wall and Zaza's is, um, it invokes a demon uh, and that is. Uh, Paymon? no it's okay. uh, from an alistair crowley book um and it's apparently you can learn more about it in the show supernatural
2: yeah Z- zazos is a name that comes up a lot in um in stuff like séances and stuff like that or any any time you see a movie about séances or that involves séances you might i think it even shows up in um insidious mm-hmm. um, i I could be wrong
1: but um zazos is right. a name that is it's part of a, that a that mantra. To. yeah that invokes a demon yeah and now I'm saying the last word. So I know that I'm going to get cursed. Tonight.
0: Oh shit. I'm going to walk away from the computer for a second.
1: <laughs> and that is a uh, lift and then pandemonium. Um, and that is, it comes from uh, Milton's paradise lost. So I believe that is uh, it appears to lift me is a Hebrew word actually it means to open or unlock and um, pandemonium. Of course we know what pandemonium is. So, um, mm-hmm. so I think when those words were seen, it was either the, the mom was crazy, or she was up to something. Also, the the card that they found, um, that was in the book at the beginning when she opens up her mom's stuff, and there's the card that says, you know, you won't understand why I did this, but this is but you'll thank me or something. And yeah, our our sacrifice for the greater reward or something. Yeah. So it's like, okay, there those little pieces did start falling together a little bit, and I was like, well, they have to be showing this for something. So I pro- I might have grabbed on to the fact that it was supernatural a little bit earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but it, but again, I mean, I had trouble
2: figuring it out because there was so much psychological crap in the movie as well. So I'm like, all right, is this part of her vision or is this part of her psychosis or is this part of actually what's going on? It it made it hard to distinguish between what was real and what, and what wasn't, what was all in her head.
1: You know what I'm saying? So what you guys don't see out there is that we record this, online in a series of recordings and we make, try to make sure that um, each segment is short for easier editing. Mm-hmm. Sorry about 15, 20 minutes or what do we cut? So we just cut after I read the demonic chant. And of course coming back, it wouldn't allow Jimmy and Rob to speak. Oh no, we, uh, could, speak. Actually, you weren't we there. could
2: speak. You weren't there. We were talking to each other and then oh, you I, was, it. And I was
1: talking to myself.
0: So um, good. Good. You're so, man. Don't, you're don't come to work tomorrow. I put the headphones <laughs> down when you read that. I split it up. I, I tried to split it up with as much word. No, man. Klaatu, Verata, Beetlejuice, <laughs> Beetlejuice, beetle something like that. Whatever it takes to undo the shit you just did to this world.
2: <laughs> you monster.
1: So, actually. Um, Probably shouldn't have lit that candle before I said it either. That's oh, man. And I was holding my water glass. That's even worse. So.
2: So at what, at what point does the mom decide that it's a good idea to do the whole home seance kit? I'm like, really? You haven't seen enough movies where this is like a totally bad idea, but it's like, it's like Joan is like, Oh, it's fine. Just read this pamphlet. You know, what does it say? Oh, don't worry about that. Read these words. Very important. Mm -hmm. Make sure you sound them out right. Light this candle and say, I'm like, really?
1: Yeah, Joan, the, uh, the overly sunny. Friend that she meets at the at the group the therapy group uh, losing
0: a, yeah losing a loved one um support
1: group, support group. and meets her and then <laughs> runs into her at a like a craft store and she's yeah like, she's buying over. like
2: paint and supplies for her for her it's uh, called miniatures.
1: Joel
0: which I think is really funny
1: <laughs> and they it's uh, like oh come over and you know whenever I go over to a stranger's house and they're like hey you should try this seance. You're not going to believe what happened, but you should try it. I usually leave. (laughs) You just nope the F right out. Be like, nope. I would fall very firmly in the skeptic thing. Although after doing whatever I did tonight, I might be proven wrong. But I'm just, I'm a skeptic and I don't want to be proven wrong. So if you try (laughs) to prove me wrong,
2: I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to nope out.
1: I'm fully expecting an email from Kerwin after that phrase. (laughs) like He's going to. I've got this on. Ouija board. Come on over. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, okay, you're weird. right. You're right with that. <laughs> you, if you're seeing just enough weird stuff and you're having that much bad luck all in a row, you you don't want to push it with the uh, the seances. I don't think.
0: Yeah. Um. Everybody in the theater, in, including myself, uh, they there's a little foreshadowing there where mail is being passed through the Lee household's door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's like a coming this week seance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they're all going to go to the seance. But when she goes to her friend's house, everybody in theater was like, oh, hell no. They're going to do a seance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <So, laughs> it, 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 everybody in the audience just kind of said it at the same time. And everybody's sitting there going, nope, nope, nope.
1: So... And it turns out that the, the woman that Joan that did the seance, first of all, she mm-hmm. had this floor mat that she's like, Oh, my mom used to make something like that. <laughs> mom being the, and Joan is just like, Oh, isn't that beginning. a coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, then it turns out that that is yet another one of those like things where they go back and kind of show her find a bunch more of them. And it's like, Oh, and then she looks through some old photo albums mm-hmm. and realizes that Joan knew her mother. And it kind of leads to like, Oh, these, these people were in like a coven.
2: Yeah, but you know what those those floor mats were so distinctive. How did she not look into that sooner? Because I mean, it that's a, like
1: it had cult symbols on them.
2: I'm
0: like, come on, man, really? Yeah, more than just a passing. Yeah. I oh, mean, who? Odd. <laughs> yeah, well, and also, who put the all of mom's belongings into the box that said "mom's stuff"? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because she apparently didn't really know what was in there.
0: Yeah,
1: she's
2: yeah, like, true. oh, I want to. She wouldn't have written mom's stuff. Well,
1: I mean, the husband could have done it while the mom was grieving, because that's true. I, I, you know, I call my my mother-in-law mom, mm. so I think that's yeah. Um, I I feel like we need to talk about. I call Greg, mom. <laughs> Jimmy calls me mom. I mean, he says he also says I love you every time he hangs up the phone on me. I do because I do. Uh, I think this is a great time to talk about the self garroting scene, which was so uncomfortable to watch the the um cutting off her own head with a uh, wire of
2: oh is that what it was because I thought she had like I thought she had um like stakes and like like knitting needles in each hand and was pl- no, plunging she, them using into a, it throat. was a
1: wire no she was going back and forth mm-hmm. like like people sawing a tree
0: it's like uh, if you've ever seen in survival kits they come with those mm-hmm. like they're almost like really sharp chains really small ones that if you spent like eight hours you might get through a very small tree
1: i was i'm i was guessing at the time that it was probably something used to cut clay since she was an artist making like a little
0: yeah and stuff. i mean
1: well whatever it was it made a horrible sound
2: i'm i'm gonna get nerdy physics physicsy on you all right the, the reason the reason i thought it was knitting needles was because when her hand plunged to her neck the blood squirted out that side uh, Whereas if she was garrotting and it was coming out the it, and it was it was wrapped around her neck and was going back and forth back and forth, the blood probably would have spewed out when her hand went away from her neck, as opposed to down her in throat. her neck.
1: Yeah,
2: you know what I'm saying. So yeah. when she when she went to her neck, the blood spurted out, and I'm like, okay, so she's stabbing herself, and that's why I thought. You know what's she was funny stabbing
1: is we're gonna herself. we're going from this, and our very next episode is probably going to be The Incredibles. Very likely, <laughs> <laughs> which is good; it'll cleanse well, the palate.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if I said... I got free movie tickets from the air conditioner not working. Nice. What, what? So, uh, Yeah, I was thinking... We just walked out, and there's a guy standing there. He's like, sorry about the air. Sorry about the air. And he's got two cops standing next to him. Wow. I'm like, are they forcing him to give people <laughs> tickets? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's very odd. Yeah, actually, I made, I made but, this comment
1: to somebody that... When the movie the movie was set, I, I'm it's somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, I think. No, it was in Utah. It was Utah. Yeah, yeah it was Utah. Very I, lots of trees, I, lots of cabins. First of all, that house was beautiful. I don't give a crap who's wandering around parroting oh, yeah. themselves. I want that house. Like I would, I'll take it, ghosts and all. Um, I, I, okay, you take that, and I will live in the treehouse. That the treehouse was pretty badass too. Um, so there was that. No take backs. <laughs> and um. I got, it was, they did such a good job of talking about how cold it was outside and just it being cold. And the whole movie was very cold and dreary. And it, I was actually so happy. Not for Jimmy. Yeah. Except for Jimmy was sweating. You could have done like <laughs> hot, hot yeah, yoga while watching that movie. And, uh, like, I don't know. I just walked out and I was so happy to see the sun and movies don't affect me like that usually. Mm. And I hate the, the sun in summer, at least in Florida. <laughs> I was yeah. happy to the to walk out to the 98 degrees in humidity or whatever it was today. Well,
0: it was 98 degrees in the theater, so... Yeah.
1: What I'm and, saying is I, I had beautiful,
0: brisk air conditioning during my showing, and Jimmy's going to actually... You also had tomorrow. a guy... No, you also had a guy who thought he was really funny and trying to impress a couple sure. of girls.
2: I... Well, wow, I, kind I kind had, of, had a very
0: great theater experience. What about I you, Rob? I
2: almost a completely empty theater.
0: Nice. Huh.
2: But I did go see it at twelve thirty in the afternoon on a Wednesday. Gotcha. So there was there was maybe six other people in the theater.
0: Well, Greg, you texted me at like ten thirty, and you're like walking into the theater now. Like, what sicko goes to see a horror movie at ten thirty in the morning? <laughs> My boss.
1: The one that had
2: to get to work afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Ah. I I will say that I mean because. As I was going in, I was texting you guys and and saying, you know, was it, was it good? Was it good? And you guys were like, oh, it was, it was fantastic or it it really affected me or whatever. And I came out of that movie and I'm like, you know, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but it just wasn't, I mean, nothing that disturbed me or freaked me out or, I was and and like I said before, that may have been a result of me spending so much time during the movie trying to figure out what type of movie. Also, it was. you've probably seen quite a few headless corpses.
0: <laughs> maybe, <laughs>
1: maybe there's some in my garage. Maybe in your maybe in your personal um, life and in your career.
0: Um, it, to be fair, sir, I think you're exaggerating. It's exa- exaggerating a bit. I'm looking at the text right now, and Rob says in the theater now was it good? Greg. Greg says. It's creepy as hell. And I said, I liked it. Yeah. Well, there's another. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Hang on. And Greg says it was really well done. Also, I'm never sleeping again. So Uh, we also have a separate text message
1: stream. Just me and Rob, where we make fun of you, Jimmy. And he talked to me on that one as well. Oh, yeah. I was like, the the movie was fantastic. It was really (laughs) creepy, but not nearly as creepy as Jimmy. I think that's what I said. Yeah. So that also did not really happen.
2: And then. (laughs) And then, that's, and then that's the part where I said, but I asked him to wear that. Oh, card. yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm looking at that now. I usually delete those conversations. Sure. Okay. Anyway, uh, did you guys catch the Halloween reference? No.
2: Mm, I don't think I did.
1: Um, so I, I kind of did, and I was like, oh. And Halloween has recently been on my mind because of the new trailer. And um, there's the first shot of the classroom where, that Peter's in. The teacher talking about escaping fate and he's got escaping fate written on the chalkboard. And in Hall- the Halloween movie, uh, the main character discusses the same exact thing in class. It was kind of a cool little like callback to Halloween, uh, the original Halloween movie. So it's kind of a neat little thing. And he, it's very clear that uh, horror directors usually follow the path of the people th- that they respected earlier. So I always like those little like callbacks to other Halloween movies. And of course, the, the new trailer for Halloween. The, that's coming out uh, was actually trailered on mm-hmm. this movie for the first time other than the people that you know catch it on YouTube and stuff so kind of a neat little thing yeah nice so what else do you guys got
0: so big spoiler I guess uh, the last thing I want to kind of talk about is the is demon that they're summoning um, I did a little Maybe, research I into I that be because for, since I read it, it that was incantation um, it, it doesn't seem like anything awful. They, they conjure, um, a, one of the kings of hell named Paimon and Paimon's powers include, um, this reference to Wikipedia, um, from a is that Paymon possesses a knowledge of past and future events. Um, he, he. Knows the secrets of everything, and he'll ant- answer truthfully okay. if you ask him.
1: So there's a lot of uh, conversation, so, I think, or some hinted conversation as the people will become very wealthy as a result of summoning him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. He possesses a knowledge of all, quote, secret things. Hmm. So, so – It's like, how can so, I make a million dollars? He'd be like, eh. So – You my, just got to cut somebody's head off.
2: My, my question is – and and maybe you guys can explain it to me but why did why did her spirit need to take over his body if they're just going to use the body as a vessel for Paymon because from from what i understand they couldn't use her as the vessel for Paymon because she was a girl so they needed a boy why mm-hmm. did the girl need to be in the boy's body so that Paymon could take over the, think- the body because i i'm under i, I mean it seems like they're just putting someone in the vessel to hold the vessel. Maybe that's what it was. They're just holding the vessel until yes. until payment. Okay, so this
1: is from the director. Over? Um The little girl, all of her strange ticks and things like that, are a result of mm-hmm. basically her being kind of a holding cell for this demon. But the demon isn't quite encompassing her because, as you hear earlier, she's not a boy, and the demon prefers mm-hmm. latching on to males. So all of this, the stuff that happened led to there being a, a weak vessel for this person to move to.
2: Right. Well, but the thing that I was, that I was trying to understand is that I understand because they they said that the, that he will latch on to the weakest, the weakest member or whatever. Um, And I understand that that's probably the girl. Um, because it seems like the girl's a little a little special needs. Uh, she
1: has uh, um, in real life. She has not that I really want to focus on this, but um,
2: no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not talking about the the actress herself. I'm talking because because they they address it a couple of times in the film where they're like you know trying to take care of, because she says when you're gone who will take care of me you know she says things like that like she's a, yeah they hint that like she, she makes aware.
1: very weird decisions right like she decides to sleep outside in the cold without any heat lamps in the this awesome treehouse that Jimmy's going to be living in. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's, it's something that's actually in the movie. That's why I was, that's why I was asking. Um, but
2: so I, I get that she's, that she's quote unquote the, the weaker vessel. Um, but he shouldn't be attached to, I, I mean, I, I don't understand how, I just don't understand how that works because with all the crap that goes on, he is now a weak vessel. His mind is shattered at this point. He, oh, yeah. he doesn't yeah. understand what's going on. He's a weak vessel. There's no need for her to take over his body just so Paymon can take over her. You know right. what
1: I understand? And even you know, the, you know the, the drug references and her doing the and him doing the drugs, which is a lot of times they do that in movies where it's like, oh, that's what opens people up. Right. To you know, Freddie getting them um, or whatever. But Yeah, there's there's a some sort of backstory, although I kinda hope they don't like this movie's doing well, obviously. I kinda hope they don't do a sequel. I think it stands alone very well. I, and explaining yeah, it would be a mistake.
0: I I had this thought as well, um, when I was driving home actually today. I I I was thinking, man, don't please don't try and make this another franchise, because as he, you know,
1: as he hung his head out of his window and swerved perilously
0: close to the side of the road. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean, look at Insidious, The Conjuring, you know. It, Two of the most successful horror franchises of the past you know ten to fifteen years, i I, I kind of get why they do it with the conjuring, but man, man, don't I, they're just kind of dragging it on at this point. I think there need to be more films psychological
1: that... thriller films. they need to introduce you to the characters and then surprise you for the psychological thriller part, you know like the first Blair Witch. But as soon as they started be- not being able to surprise you anymore and shock you, those movies fell off cliff. And I think this would too, because mm-hmm. you kind of know the world. They, they introduce a the world. It's a little off. Something happens. And, and, and they use, they, it again. they have to use both to trick you into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and so doing it again, it's going to have to directly copy something or, eh. cause like, if he's one of seven demons, like, Oh God, don't make the other six demons.
0: you know? No, please don't.
1: Yeah. They would be on the list of, I don't want to see that movie. Mm-hmm. And this was a great movie. So, uh, shall we, shall we wrap up? Sure. The Wonderful World of Heredity. Hereditary, sorry. is <laughs> I, I pretty time. nice too, but, um, hereditary, we'll go with that. Hereditary, in which they didn't really address anything as being hereditary, but that's what we're going to call it. Yes. So, yay or nay? I think all of us are, a see it if you like that kind of movie, like scary, unsettling movies.
2: <laughs> I would, I would say yay. I, I have to go see it. I have to go see it again. Um. But just keep in mind that the trailer is completely misleading, and I think they did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a supernatural thriller with some psychological thriller mixed in, or some some psychological issues mixed in.
1: Yeah. Make sure just, you're comfortable. Make sure just you're to try to and trick Because there are quite a few long, lingering scenes, which are really beautiful. But your mind, if you're not comfortable, you're going to start thinking about it. So. It's also a fairly long setup
2: because i don't think the movie really picks up until until the car hits the telephone pole.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it takes a while. Mhm. It got just such a realistic reaction. Man, i thought the car was going to go into the phone pole, but nope. it was Charlie's head. Yep. Yeah. I keep wanting to call her Maisie for some reason. So this being the directorial debut, feature length directorial debut from Ari Aster, who Directed two shorts, um, The Strange Thing About The Johnsons and Line. Uh, Munchausen. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
1: neither of those movies am I ever going to see. By the way, I looked up what they're about.
0: Nope. Okay. I, I, I yeah, I haven't seen them. Um, did you look up what they're about? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of looking at it right now and, and I'm just going to kind of shelve that for a minute. I'll watch them, but we talked about. The movie Cargo, which was based off of a short film, um, and you know, with Ari Aster directing these two, a, a lot of directors get their their starts in short films. And actually, one that might you know we might be talking about in a a moment or so, Sam Raimi. Uh, there's actually a kind of a prequel to The Evil Dead mm-hmm. uh, called Into mm-hmm. the Woods. And and that's about a half an hour. So that leads us to our question for this week, and that question is line.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, best films by first time director.
0: Yeah, which occurs so, to me
1: it should have been because after I started doing it, I'm like, oh, we're gonna have a lot of crossover. Occurs to me at some point we should probably do best films made by someone who started off as a short film director. Mm-hmm. Which although that could be basically anyone because a lot of people start off in film school doing that stuff, but. Um, we will, we'll do that. And I think since I'm already chatting, I'm going to go first. Okay.
0: Uh, so, um, f- so I, I, the question is first time filmmakers.
1: Yeah. First time film, oh, first wow. time director, first time filmmaker. And, For, and I think that caveat is full length or feature length. Yes. films. Yes. And I think that in doing this, it ended up very surprisingly being a lot of the movies that are on the, definitely in the top hundred films of all time, but also in the top 10. So um, my first one is American Beauty by Sam Mendes, and I really love that movie. Although, having seen it recently, it hasn't aged as well as I thought it would, partially because of, of Kevin Spacey. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, so that, yeah. that makes uh, a movie about a perverted guy, you know, like oogling a 17-year-old way more awkward. But, I've actually never seen it. Yeah. Um, it's, very, it's It was quotable. I always liked it. Um, uh, Say Anything by Cameron Crowe. I'm a big fan of Cameron Crowe most of the time. And he was a writer for Rolling Stone Magazine, which uh, you probably saw Almost Famous, but they talked about that. And um, he made Say Anything as his first movie. Um, this one was actually a very big surprise to me, but 12 Angry Men, mm-hmm. uh, Sam mm-hmm. Sidney Lumet, and that movie, we I think probably all of us watched it in high school at some point, I'm guessing. I know it was one of those that I had to watch. And it was just a courtroom drama. It was very well done it was really just what two rooms basically and yep. it was a first film it was based on a play so you know it was, that's why it was staged like that but that was my number 3 uh Frank Darabont did yep. Walking Dead but of course also did Shawshank Redemption such a good movie
2: Get it out of the park
1: yeah probably and... <laughs> number 1 on actual film list but yeah i couldn't bypass what a lot of people say is the best film of all time and then a Citizen yeah. Kane, Orson Welles, he was well-known well around the United States because of the War of the Worlds radio show when it was a big buzz as to what is he going to do as his first movie. He got a huge budget. There's actually a fascinating story about Citizen Kane um, on, a, on a recent podcast that I've just listened to. So it's one, it was on my mind, but I for a first movie, making a movie people consider the best of all time, that's crazy. So those are my five.
2: You did something right.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Or you were really lucky. So I can go ahead and go next. Go for it. This was a really fun list to put together. Um, It was kind of surprising when I said, oh, you know, um, James Cameron for Terminator and did some research. And I was like, no, that wasn't his debut. Um, You know, so there there were a few directors on there, but – did my research, narrowed it down, and here's my list of five. So number five, only because it's kind of campy and goofy now, but it it really set the you know path for a lot of other directors. Um I wanted to include Adam Wingard for your next, but again, not his first one. So number five, Sam Raimi for The Evil Dead.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Number four is going to be Jordan Peele for Get Out. Okay, that's a good one.
2: Okay.
0: Number three, Darren Aronofsky. Pie? for pie. Wow, oh, that'd yes. be hard to watch. It's so sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very sweaty. It's very nerdy, but very good. Number two, Quentin Tarantino for Reservoir Dogs.
2: I knew you were going to put that one in there.
0: Thank you. Well, then you should probably know what my number one is going to be. Any guess? Night of the Living Dead. Yep. There it is. George A. Ramiro. I was going to mention that dead. one too, but my list was was stacked. And I, I figured yeah. that you would have that one in there. All right. Thank you. I actually That's- bumped Shawshank Redemption because you put it on your list. Well,
2: I actually had a last-minute addition to my list, and it's actually okay. fairly high because I just discovered that it appears, and you can correct me if I'm wrong when I get to it, but it appears as though it was a directorial debut of a full-length movie feature. But um, – uh, I'll I'll run through mine. Um, of course, I also have to go with Greg and and include uh, Sydney Lumet, uh, Twelve Angry Men, which we also probably um, saw while going four. to the same
1: high school. I'm just just a guess.
2: Yeah, exactly. My number four is going to be the director of my favorite movie, which was not his first movie, but I believe it was his second movie. But that would be Rob Reiner with This
0: Is Spinal Tap. Awesome. Uh, that that is his filmmaker debut. I've read what this, this is. is- what are you talking about? Yep.
2: Yeah, no, no. I, I, this is Spinal Tap is his film, but Princess. I was saying Princess Bride is my favorite movie, but that was oh, his second that was his second. Gotcha. Yeah, right on. Um, it, uh, Evil Dead actually got bumped off my list. I'm gonna go with number three at uh, uh, Frank Darabont, Shawshank Redemption. My number two, and it sneaks in because I love the movie, and this was the one I just discovered. But that would be Monty Python and the Holy Grail because that is uh, actually. Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones mm. is both first full-length motion picture mm. I believe or at least it's the first one it's the earliest one that's listed on mm. IMDb. So so they snuck in at, at number 2. Uh, but my number one Greg is right. I can't I can't leave off what is widely recognized as probably the greatest
1: movie of all time in Citizen Kane with Orson mm. Welles. So should should we att- attempt to figure out yes the actual list. I okay. think we should so you real, I think there's a couple yes, of so – Citizen Kane has
0: to be on there. Yep. Um, I also Shawshank. think Shawshank Redemption Absolutely. has got to be on there. Yeah. And I, I want to argue that um, Citizen Kane number yes. one, Shawshank number two. Yeah. Now I, I can give you that. Torn. Um, I saw Citizen Kane and – I well, I see, I actually forgot about Citizen Kane. Um, but I saw that in high school. Yeah, and I was like oh. – I was like holy shit man this movie is great now so it's been a long when time we were since doing since this did, list but... I, I just want to
1: know if you guys thought the same things to me i was thinking not only of the quality of that first movie but also the career that it led to and that was because i did think of that, that i think was the one deciding factor of shawshank being right behind citizen kane because citizen kane he went on to do a lot of other things frank darabont eventually moved his way to television and either made Walking Dead great or not great, depending on your opinion of it. Um, so that's mm-hmm. just what bumped Shawshank one one notch down, because it was number one until I, as I was thinking through this stuff. but um, So I guess really the other thing well, is, is what you guys want to argue for.
0: Well, to speak on that real quick, um, Richard Kelly, his director, directorial debut was uh, Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. And I very strongly considered that, but... He's mm-hmm. kind of considered a one hit wonder. So it, it didn't really, I, it, you know, lead to a, you know, super career, but, um, those, God, you know, yeah. my thoughts I'll on it. At that. Yeah. No, mm-hmm.
1: actually no, but it wasn't, A uh, visceral so, matter was his first. What looks like. Okay. Because that might be it. Might be um, clear. in some oh, of the lists that then. I read, That's it, it listed
0: that. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to have to argue for mm. Romero. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> George A. Romero, he, you know, it, it was a commentary on uh, as to what was going on, you know, during the time, and it it just led to without that film there would be no Walking Dead there there wouldn't be this huge zombie genre that we have so I'm gonna argue for
1: yeah so that's, George Romero that's why three. I asked that previous question because the rest of his movies. Eh fun, but, Mm -hmm. eh. but the genre, I see your point there. Yeah. He's the godfather of that. Yeah. Um, also just, you know, yeah. And I also, I'd be willing to accept, um, both of your guys surprises in, um, the Monty Python and evil dead in there as well. Uh, With Monty Python, I really think what they did was
2: they, I mean, because from what I understand, the Monty Python group was together before, the movie was actually released, so they actually took a product that was already there and actually were able to portray it or were to bring it to light as a as a.
1: I don't even know if it was a hit when it was released, but a cult hit. Um, what I think is, is yeah. funny, it was, I was about yeah, to it, just explain what what happened by using an even more obscure reference. Be like, yeah, they they had their own skit show, but then they made a, a you know a feature length movie just like Kids in the Hall did with Brain Candy. Like oh yeah, let's take a more obscure movie and use it to ref- to reference something that <laughs> everyone knows. That's a good idea, great. So, um, yeah. but if you want to, if you guys feel yeah. like putting Evil Dead Stronger. and uh, Monty Python in there, unless there's something else you want to argue for. Mm. The,
2: the, um, o- the only question is uh, Twelve Angry Men. Do we feel that Twelve Angry Men deserves to be
0: on this list? I. It's a much sm- have not. It's seen a much it. smaller movie. Oh. It's so I it's, can't.
2: But it's also amazing what they did with strictly human interaction because there was nothing, there was no special effects. There was no, there was no, because the movie was filmed entirely in the courtroom and the jury deliberation room. There was nothing in between. And it was all, it was all just human interaction and story. And what they did with it was absolutely amazing. You don't you don't see that anymore. Movies today are are way more involved with special effects, locations,
1: filming all of that stuff. They would show they would show yeah. the crime or show what the people dealt with rather than just
0: telling you in conversation. Yeah. Based on that argument, I'm gonna say go ahead and put that at number okay. four. I'm and I would say Evil Dead. It's five. Actually okay with that. Yeah, Sam Raimi's had a great career. Um, Drag Me to Hell was fantastic. Evil Spider-Man. Dead it just set off a career. Mm, I mean, we could argue that those weren't the best Spider Mans, but the first one was pretty good. For yeah, it was. Well, they they certainly weren't the best
2: Spider Mans because the new Spider Man yeah, yeah, yeah. was better.
0: But yeah, so I'm digging it. I like it. Okay, so should I, should I call it? God, I really want. I really want Monty
1: Python in there, but I I can't argue too much with Evil Dead. Well, How about this? I'll read the five, and you can punctuate it with your favorite Monty Python quotes. Will that make you feel better? No? No. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll read it without the Monty Python quotes. Number five. Uh, Evil
0: Dead. What? Ridden on a horse? No, you haven't. Number four. (laughs) You've got two empty halves of a coconut, and you're banging them together. Number four. 12 Angry Men. Is that an African or a European swallow?
1: Number three, Night of the Living Dead.
2: No! Now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. You know, I
1: just saw a thing that that was actually kind of a thing that they used to do. Uh, number two, uh, Shawshank Redemption.
2: There are those who call me Tim.
1: <laughs> and number one, Citizen Kane by Orson Welles. I don't believe I just read off all of the movie names instead of the directors, but oh well. Um, Citizen Kane by Orson Welles. Go ahead. NEEP <laughs> Well played. Well nee. played, sir. I was hoping for a uh, shrubbery, nee. but
2: nee. NEE
1: Guys, thank you for listening nee. again. It was fun as usual. and
2: uh, We are no longer the knights who say me nee. <laughs> nee. no.
0: Batman has a soapy gherkin. That's what?
2: A, <laughs> uh, 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 a, a soapy gherkin?
0: No. <laughs>
2: he's I'm got a murky. soapy pickle.
0: That's all he's murkin. got. It's just a soapy merkin. God. Uh, covering his soapy
1: gherkin. I'm totally listening to the tool book right now. It's actually pretty good. I kind of want to do a tool centric episode on that one. But... Um, I think sure. we just did. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh...
0: Oh, yeah. My stomach hurts, now. Man.
1: <laughs> Too many soapy gherkins.
0: I'm going to wear my soapy gherkin to work tomorrow, Greg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the title I'm... of the episode. Bathman and his soapy gherkin. <laughs> hey. Okay, let's uh, do your intro.
2: Three is the number thou shalt count, and the number that thou shalt count shall be three.
1: <laughs> we all done? Oh.
2: Five is right out.
0: Ha! <laughs> I'm ending on that.